Hello, friends. Welcome to It's That Deep Podcast. I am your host, Tristan Ross. And y'all, first off, before I even get started in today's episode, because it's going to be a good episode, it's going to be great. Um, (laughs) I want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone. I know this is our sixth episode. And so I just want to say thank you so much for the support I've received. For those of you who've tuned in, who've been consistent every week and just listening, um, for those who've shared their story, I do not take that lightly at all. And so I am just so grateful for the opportunity that I have gotten to just be able to hear the stories that I've heard thus far. And just even for the stories to come, I've, I'm just truly grateful for how God is moving. And so on today's episode, today's episode is really special because I have someone who has known me for 14 plus years now. Um, he, <laughs> I'm like, I was trying to avoid saying he first, but he has been someone that has been a confidant to me. He has been my number one supporter. He is the head of our household here in the Ross family. He is an amazing provider, protector. He is a person who I feel like I drive the most crazy. And I say all of that to say. (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode, I have my husband, my best friend, the love of my life, Demarcus Ross. I was going to say his middle name, but I was like, (laughs) I'm going to just say Demarcus Ross. So help me welcome on today's podcast, the love of my life. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, everybody? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It's it's a little different being on this other side right now. And and just for the sake of it, what what does a confidant mean? I've heard that word so many times. What does a confidant mean? Someone that I can go to and talk to about anything. Oh, like Like confidant. Fighting. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you serious <laughs> right serious. now? I've heard people say confidant. To... Oh my, Marcus. Huh? This, are you being serious right no, now? No, I'm being dead serious. Like, I've heard people say confidant, but I never understood what that meant. I always kind of seen it as like a like a, a Kirkland brand cousin. Like, he's my confidant. Like, he's like an off-brand cousin of mine. So, no. I... <laughs> oh, Lord. Jesus. Y'all this, see how this is starting. This is how we're starting. This is how we're starting. It, we're going in. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. So, I got it. I got it. So, hey, nobody judge me. I don't want to have any ads on my Instagram. Just know that I'm learning. Um, don't judge me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't judge me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, no, I'm super glad to be on here. I mean, honestly, um, I'm so proud of you. Like, if I can just, you know, I'm going to do what those pastors do. You know, let me talk about my wife one time. Like, no, y'all have no idea how blessed I am as a husband to see, like, my wife's idea come to fruition. Like, she's been talking about this for so long. And when I say this, I don't mean, like, before there was even a title, before it was Mm -hmm. It's That Deep, she's always talked about how she's wanted to just share and just, like, give her voice to the world. And so being husband, you know, like I could talk about it all day, you know, as husbands out there who probably are listening, like you tell your wife something and you tell her so many things. But yet, you know, 
they, they don't listen. You know what I'm saying? But that's okay. That's okay because <laughs> they'll get it. They'll get it. Whether they get it from their girlfriend or they get inspired, they'll just come to you and be like, oh, my gosh, I learned this, this great idea. And I'm like, oh, I said that a long time ago. But, no, I am I am beyond grateful, amazed at this woman and what she is doing. So I'm super, like, grateful to be on here. So thank you for having me. Seriously. Aw, thank you, husband. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. Well, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which right. Lord knows we can go anywhere in our conversation, Facts. but we start off every episode checking in on our feelings wheel. Mm -hmm. So how are you feeling today, babe? The crazy thing is I've been looking at this thing for like the last like five minutes and I'm still like, hmm, <laughs> honestly proud. Um, I know that we talked a little bit before we got on here, but I'm very proud that I was able to share what I had to share in our conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if we have time today, we can definitely get into that. But um, no, I'm feeling like really self self acceptance more more than anything. I think sometimes in our relationship, I forget that I have a voice too. Mm. And in being the the husband, like I I try to find the line between being the head of the household where I'm like saying what's on my heart versus being like the dictator also in the family where I'm like mm. trying to, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that versus actually communing with you in a way mm. where it's like we can both have a conversation about what's really bothering us. So mm -hmm. the fact that we did that today, I definitely feel um, self-confident, uh, definitely a lot more assured of myself, you know, because, you know, sacrifice happens in a relationship and sometimes it's at the detriment of your own self. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like today I've gained a little piece back of myself. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. So let's see where I'm at. Yeah. Because I tell y'all, just because I have this feelings with, don't know, Abby, does not mean that I know everything. Um, today I am feeling... Hmm. Intrigued. Hmm. I feel like when I get to have a conversation in general, I'm always intrigued and in our in our marriage, I'm always like I'm always intrigued on in how we've known each other for such a long time. Hmm. But like every day we're learning new things about each other and Jesus. it's just crazy to me. Mhm. Mm um, I feel, hmm, I feel grateful mm -hmm. that even in the hard part of our relationship, we find a space to process how we feel, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't feel good, we're always constantly learning what triggers the other person mm. and if the trigger is actually because you're doing something to me mm. or if it's like my you're you're peeling the band-aid off of my already existing wound wow right and so i think oftentimes that's an area where i'm like i'm just grateful that you have the patience to be present mm. in those moments for me so i think I'm feeling grateful. I'm also just feeling grateful because I had 
a great day mm. or like a great day mm. um spending time with um one of my friends and just getting to shout out shout yeah out, i'm shout saying out. getting to getting to hang with my girl um steph and just being i always just like love our conversations and i i'm just so grateful for indiv- for when i get to spend time with friends that really just like enlighten mm. enlighten me and encourage me and it's just overflow um and so i feel just grateful so i'm gonna say i feel intrigued i feel grateful um i feel (laughs) um refreshed Mm. um we can pick multiple feelings I feel like that's oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. I was like, I was like, I, oh, I chose one. I thought it was one. No, I feel refreshed and okay. just excited about what this conversation is going to go. Yeah. And I think something that stuck out to me just now, like, I really feel like it's kind of like Holy Spirit. I know, like, naturally, like, when we talk, people want to hear our story. Mm-hmm. And naturally, like, obviously, you know me, like, I love being the storyteller. Mm-hmm. But I think this this time around, Maybe instead of just going into details about how this happened, kind of going into the space of like, what is it like currently for us being in this space, Hmm. right? Like, I feel like I've I've told our story so many times. And for those who do hear it, I mean, you know, we love y'all. Thank y'all for for listening. For sitting with us as we go through our our little... Our roller coaster. Roller coaster. Yeah. A relationship. But I think sometimes what people perceive as like this fairy tale ending, like, oh, it's your high school sweetheart. You guys got married. Uh, the next step is kids for you guys, right? I think we don't really ever get to share the hardships that are happening in that space between mm-hmm. what happens after the fairy tale is ended mm-hmm. and the forever after like yeah. the forever after we don't normally get to talk about mm-hmm. you know so um but yeah like that's i feel like that's like the route we're probably gonna end up going today yeah i love that i never fully know what's gonna happen in our conversations <laughs> but i do want to start off right mm-hmm. is where are you right now in our relationship where are you Wow. Um, Honestly, it has been a bit of confusion Mm. um, in our relationship. And I say that because given our daily activities between what I do at work, um, me knowing what you do at work, um, trying to find or no, trying to be intentional with the time to get to know you Mm. more. Right. I think there's that period of like, oh, I've known her for 14 years, so she's going to do this when she does that. She's going to do this when she... Like, there's a routine that we think that there is, Mm -hmm. but no, there isn't. Like, I feel like I'm learning something new every single day. And so when I say confusion, it's more so like, okay, I remember this, you saying this on Monday, but Wednesday, that didn't... It it doesn't feel the same. Like, it's... it's What is... Like, it's me asking myself, like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think towards our conversation that we had earlier, I think there's things that you ask in our relationship where 
I understand it from a logical and analytical standpoint, mm -hmm. right? Something as simple as like a date, like, hey, we need to go on more dates, which is very true. Mm -hmm. um, but me looking at analytical and logical standpoint, I'm like, okay, how much money we got in the bank? Okay, okay, where are we going to go? Okay, mm -hmm. you got work tomorrow, so are you going to be well rested? Because last thing that you need or we both need is to be groggy in the morning because we both hate being that. So instead of being in that moment of like, oh, let's just go out and enjoy each other, mm -hmm. I step into like that analytical, logical mode, and it confuses me because I'm like, in my logical mode, I'm like, oh, I'm doing what's best for our family, mm -hmm. right? I'm doing what's best for, or I'm doing what I believe is best for our family. And when you challenge me on like, hey, no, like I just want to go out, I get confused within myself because I'm just like, well, this makes sense. I want the welfare for my wife and I also want the well-being for me. So why would we need to go on a date right now? when we can kind of stay in, watch TV, you know, we save money and we can be able to talk. But realistically, none of that happens. Like if I'm being totally honest, just because we're sitting here watching TV doesn't mean we're not spending quality time, but it's not to the extent of what we could be doing if we actually became more intentional. So yeah, like in our relationship right now, I do get confused between kind of like what you were inferring, my own thought process and what I need to peel back is, the layers of like what I'm dealing with versus, okay, what is it in the relationship that needs to either be fixed, find a solution or just needs to just be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like as you dove into just like how you're feeling, what's going like where you're at in our relationship, I definitely agree that, in the space that we're in right now, uh, it's really understanding what we both need mm. to be fully present in our in our marriage. Very true. And so I think that just even in hearing your your expression of where you're at, that like I can say, "Hey, I need more of this," and then two days later, I'm like, "Okay, no, I don't like you're not doing this," mm -hmm. and what can happen is because I don't feel like there's an understanding of what I'm needing, mm -hmm. maybe because I'm not articulating what I need well, mm -hmm. it, it can create a distance. Mm -hmm. And then when there's a distance there, we're both kind of just in routine mm -hmm. and not really in relationship and intimacy with one another. Right. And so I think that there's a lot in this area of our life, like it's like we're three years in mm -hmm. and yes, we're still babies in this whole like marriage Facts. thing. <laughs> it's, I, I don't think that going into our relationship, I understood that things were going to shift. Yes. I think I've known you and just backstory. We met in middle school. And so like mm -hmm. we were friends and, mm -hmm. um, Going into high school, still friends, we started dating in our adult adult years. Yeah, like after college, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. We started dating in our adult years, but we had just, there have been so many things in our lives that you were a constant mm -hmm. and I was a constant in your life. So we knew right. each other. We knew what each other was going through. We knew how we both acted in relationship. I could mm -hmm. look in your relationship and be like, bro, like you're doing this wrong. You could look at my relationship and be like, 
Tristan, like, no, you're doing this wrong. That's Not exactly that we listen right. <laughs> right. to each other. But when we got together, I just expected it to just flow. Mm. I've known you for so long. This just has to flow. Like, this is going to flow. This is going to be beautiful. We... And not to say that our marriage is not beautiful and that this was in God ordained. Like I know that you are my person. I know that you are the you are one of the only people on this earth, aside from God, mm-hmm. um, that truly just knows me. Mm-hmm. Like you know how I react, how easily I can get ticked off. Cause I mm-hmm. think people see the part of Tristan, which is like Oh, I'm compassionate. I'm this and mm-hmm. I can be there for you. But you see like the parts that no one else sees. Mm-hmm. You see the parts of me feeling anxious about something. You see the stress that goes behind the scenes of a lot of things in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that that part, when we got into the relationship, I was just expecting like, that's just going to, that's just going to transfer over. Right. And so when we got in the relationship and it's like, oh no. It worked so well for the past few, like the past few years since middle school till now. Mm-hmm. It worked so well because at the end of the day, I was going home to my home mm-hmm. and you were going home to yours. Exactly. So it wasn't, I'm, no, I'm learning to be in the same space as you. Mm-hmm. That there are things that you like to do that I'm like, dude. Go over there. Like, (laughs) leave me alone. I don't want to be, we don't have to be next to each other all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's just so much learning that we are doing in this season that it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. It is hard. It is uncomfortable. But it is beautiful at the same time. Yeah. There's definitely, I would say, like some, some beauty in the mess of it all. And I think something that's really sticking out to me when you're talking about our relationship um, for the past couple years, not just the three, but everything prior to that, I think a lot of it was since we were so consistent in our life, it kind of left room for even mediocrity to happen when we got married. Yeah. You know, like there's a certain space where we expected it to be a certain way in our relationship because mm-hmm. of what we did for the one hour or two hours that we would either talk on the phone or sometimes three, you know, sometimes full day. But like, but because like you said, we weren't with each other 24 seven, there were room and gap to be like, okay, he doesn't know this, but it'll be fine. Like, mm-hmm. or I don't know this about Tristan, but it, it, it'll be fine. Like mm-hmm. she'll work it out. Like something as simple as finances, right? Where it's like, in my mind going into the relationship, she knows what to do with her money, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to manage or have to think about her money. It's like when you're married and I don't know what where that idea com- comes from, but it was just like, I have mine. You have yours. Let's make sure that we take care of our own and then we'll bring mm-hmm. it collectively together when the time is right. And we'll, then we'll be able to do trips. We'll be mm-hmm. able to do this. We'll be able to do that. Like, it would just be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, it never registered in my mind that even how a person manages their finances is a 
gateway or a doorway to how they manage themselves. Mm. And there was a part of me that was mismanaged because I would definitely spend my money on things that I know I would use for a month and then never use it again. Mm -hmm. And so I can see how that's shown up in our relationship where we'll have a strong week, couple weeks, a month together of doing something where we're dating, we're going out. Um, I remember when we I think the best month I remember is like our first time we went to Gateway India, mm-hmm. um, that restaurant down in Anaheim. Hey, shout out. Delicious place. Definitely go. But um, I remember when we went, like that month was, I felt like I remember it was a great month because we tried something spontaneous. We were like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to do this. And it ended up being a great night mm-hmm. um, and the whole month. But then somewhere along the line, it just kind of dies out. And I realized like that's a part of me that I have to understand that. There's inconsistencies in my behavior. And again, I didn't think that that would show up in our relationship. Heck, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be the picture perfect husband. I was I was expecting to be on like Essence magazine for the best looking in the best husband ever. Not the best looking. Yeah. The best husband. <laughs> like, like he can do everything. He can cook. He can clean. He works. Mm-hmm. All of that. But. Never did I think that while being in our relationship, I would have to deal with the deep, dark demons that I didn't want to address or bring forward in any relationship or Mm. any fashion. So, um, yeah, it is definitely an uncomfortable space to be in, but there's no one else I would rather do it with Mm. than you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, I think there. it's really interesting to to like reflect on how how much when you get into a relationship with someone if you're not on it with like the dating aspect you mm-hmm. can easily lose um you can easily lose like the consistency mm-hmm. that, that you like mm-hmm. that spark that you have with this person and not to say like oh yeah you don't love each other i think that that's why like love is a verb it's something that you have to continuously do. Like loving someone is something you have to choose daily to do mm-hmm. every single day. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think when you stop choosing and you just stay mm-hmm. and you're stagnant, it's displayed in how you interact with this person mm-hmm. that you care about. And so in hearing of like, okay, yeah, dating and all of these parts of being in a marriage, what what has been your experience? What was your experience? Not has been, but what mm-hmm. was your experience, family of origin, when it comes to marriage? Like, what did you under? How? What was your perception, or what was the? What was your? What was taught to you about mm-hmm. marriage? Um, the, the man is the provider. He, he is the everything, like everything goes through him. It has to be done by him. Um, the wife, and I know we in 2023 y'all. And so understand I'm moving with the times, but, um, no, it was like the wife is at home. She's cooking, she's cleaning, she's taking care of everything that needs to be in the household. Mm. And the crazy part about it is like, even though I was raised with that ideology, that wasn't my family dynamic at all. Like hmm. my mom, she would do cooking and cleaning, but she was also working for herself. Like she was an entrepreneur in her own space. And um, my dad honestly didn't really, 
he wasn't really the provider at at every case in point and that's emotionally physically mentally in every regard like you know he would come in when he's ready and he'd go out when he is ready and so I think deep down what I really started noticing and I'm glad I'm saying this out loud because it is that deep um I noticed the inconsistencies in my life like Mm. with my upbringing there would be moments of (coughs) excuse me there sorry i'm I'm not i'm getting choked up but there were inconsistencies with my family i would remember there would be moments with my dad that i would really enjoy and share it with but then that was only for like a week or two and then he'd be gone doing something else or he just wouldn't be present while Mm. we're doing whatever it is that we're doing my most favorite moments is listening to like West Side Connection when I'm in the car with him or when he taught me how to mow a lawn. <clears throat> but the thing is, those things were so far in between hmm. that I never got to enjoy like sitting at the feet of my father and consistently learning a new and not even like learning something new, but being like instilled in like really investing in that time and space. And with my mom, she did everything that she could because, again, she's working, she's cooking, hmm. she's cleaning for two kids at the time right and she's doing everything that she can to keep everything afloat and so there would be inconsistencies even in our relationship not to any detriment to her or her character and what she did but the family that I would be that would be babysitting me I would see them more than I would see my mom and so Mm. I'm picking up their family dynamic and losing my family dynamic at home but then when that transition happened of like the people that were babysitting with me, babysitting me, weren't babysitting me anymore. Now I'm back with my mom and trying to figure out how that dynamic works. And again, it was just inconsistent. Um, My mom loves me consistently, but again, like I feel like what it was is how we would function as a family would be very, up and down it would be mm. very roller coastery where we would have our low moments like super low moments and then the next thing you know we're on the high again and saying this out loud i look at every job that i've been in every mm. relationship including ours that we've been that i've been in it's been that mm-hmm. where it's been consistent roller coasters and it hasn't been a slowly but surely leveling up process has just been ups and downs and yeah. so um I, I believe I answered the question the question but yeah no it's been I've always received love from in and everybody but the inconsistency as far as the teaching of core principles on what it means to grow up in a in today's time mm-hmm. that was very inconsistent mm-hmm. And so even to like piggyback off of that too is like I can relate to that part of being of having a very inconsistent relationship mm-hmm. um, because just like you share about your dad, it was like my dad in my life too was very inconsistent, mm-hmm. right? I didn't meet my dad like the first time I met my dad, I was eight years old, right? Um, and when I met my dad, was he was already he already was married and had another life I had been living with my mom and so just like you shared about your mom like that's something that we've 
we grew up in common with where it's like my biological mom i remember her working i was being babysat by like my aunt and that mm. family dynamic and so i saw my aunts more than i saw my mom because my mom was gone and no you know i honor her in the fact that she right. was working hard she wanted to make sure that i was taken care of right and so then going from living in nigeria and then coming here with my dad who was married to my stepmom mm. And then he separated from my stepmom. Then it went back to being in a single mother household. Mm. And so it's like having that same, like that same dynamic of like, you want to have your dad. Like, I think we've talked about that oftentimes. And the reality is too, like, thank God for doing the work that we are doing on ourselves too, is like, we don't hold our parents hostage to yes. the way that they raised us. Because at, sure. at the end of the day, they did what they could doesn't mean that there doesn't mean that we don't have that we weren't impacted by the way that we were raised it mm -hmm. just means that they did the best that they could we had to experience a lot of things that cannot be changed mm -hmm. but we get to we get to shift and we get to pivot in our adulthood mm -hmm. but just the absence of a father like mm -hmm. that like the absence of the father and the presence of a father does impact are does make it does leave a, a an imprint in the way that we do we do relationships mm -hmm. um whether it's for i know i think oftentimes we hear a lot about the girl missing her father in her life mm -hmm. but i also don't think that oftentimes it's really um there's really an elaboration of a male a black male mm -hmm. The miss the absence of their father mm -hmm. just it's not just like learning the principles but like mm -hmm. The, how emotionally and mentally it yeah. impacts impacts the man for sure i i think there's almost like when there isn't a strong male presence in a young male presence life it it does leave this gap that needs to be filled and um i know for me um what filled that gap was like pornography for me hmm. um just because like there was always affirmation there. Mm. Like, I know that whenever I watched it, it was the mere fact that this woman couldn't say no. I can have whoever I wanted at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was always available. Yeah. Right. Always present. And so realizing just those key factors, those are the things that I felt like I was missing um, not having my father there or because my mom working so hard, like you said, working so hard to provide, those were the things mentally and emotionally I didn't understand that I was missing. Mm. Um, and not only just that, but it's almost like you even throw yourself into sports because it gives you an identity. I know like the first time making my first um, basket in basketball, I remember being affirmed by everyone on the court. I remember hitting my first buzzer beater and there was mm. just this space of like, oh my gosh, like euphoria in a way mm. because everyone's there, everyone's present, everyone's watching you, everyone yeah. sees you. And when you do something that's of a, what we would consider a, a great thing to do, like making a buzzer beater, right? It puts you in this state where my identity is basketball. Mm. And again, the inconsistency show up in my life where I got injured. I tore both of my Achilles and messed up my right knee. Um, I lost that identity. 
And so when you lose that identity, once again, there's a gaping hole. And that gaping hole this time, not only was it pornography, but it was also now food. Mm. So I noticed that when I first got injured, um, I went from like 168, maybe 170. Hmm. Um, and I bumped up to 190, almost 200 really quick, maybe within the next two to three months. Wow. And again, like that's the whole part of like when you don't have your identity set in stone or where it hasn't been affirmed to you or told to you your identity over a period of time, you make up whatever society gives you at that time. Hmm. Which, of course, again, like little boys growing up, like how many women do you have, right? Mm -hmm. Or like how many baskets have you made? Like how many or like how many points have you scored? Like there's so many different ideologies of who you're supposed to become that you just get lost in it. Mm. And I think I really didn't understand that until our marriage that man identity issues is a real thing for men and if there isn't someone to at least stand in the gap I would say for that it 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 would be no wonder that and you know, let me not say that because I can't speak for all men. I can speak for only for myself. It'd be no wonder that how I show up to the world, it can be very inconsistent because mm. of how I've seen myself and my whole life being inconsistent. Mm. Yeah. So many points that you said there. <laughs> There's so many things that I want to go back and unpack. Yeah. And so let's start with... <laughs> Let's start with the pornography part. Oh, okay. So it's like you're talking about inconsistency and mm -hmm. feeling the void. And one of the ways that you filled the void was through pornography. Mm -hmm. And so kind of just can you share about what that journey has been Jeez. from the male's perspective? Of and then I will share from my perspective. I would love that. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's get what is it. like when was... When did you start that journey when it comes to pornography? Man, I feel like I remember the date and the time. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I remember it like it was it was when I was 13. And it was one of those like softcore things on HBO Max. And anyone who knows, I mean, you remember that you kept that volume on like volume one so no one can hear it. But like it sounded like it was the loudest thing in the world when it was on volume one. But um, yeah, it was like some softcore. And I... I guess I didn't realize it at the time what I was doing, mm -hmm. but obviously when I was like masturbating, I was like, God, that felt good, but I felt really guilty and shameful. Mm. Like kind of just looking at myself like, oh my gosh, like what have you done? And obviously that, that has been, that feeling has been consistent throughout the journey, mm -hmm. right? But what happens is the urge gets stronger yeah. as you continue. And so the urge will literally beat out the shame for that moment of time until you've done what you've done. And then all of a sudden the guilt and the shame sits there. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted to admit it, but I'm like, I think this is a part of the reason why I don't either go out or I don't, um, I don't have a, a laundry list of like people that I normally go to because 
yeah, like if they know my shame, would they really be my friend? Mm. Like, would you really want to get to know me? And so yeah. it's one of the reasons why I've caused my, I've always wanted my circle to be super small. And when I mean super small, I'm like, I don't tell really people this outside of maybe, I can count up maybe on one hand how many people I've actually told in my life that I've actually experienced this. Mm. So, um, excuse me yeah my journey is still an ongoing journey it's still a battle like i'm not gonna sit here and say like oh yeah i found the cure to it like Mm -hmm. no there are days where i'm like that urge is still there and it i notice that my triggers tend to be when i feel alone um again like kind of like the inconsistency part like yeah whenever i feel alone whenever i feel like i don't know what to do next or whenever i feel like there's just too much going on and I need a release. Mm. Um, it it used to be um, sports, like I was saying before. But again, once that identity kind of fell off, it became a, yeah, it just became a spiral into pornography, which then again puts me in a deeper space of like, you're good with people, but you're not good with sharing yourself to people. Mm. Like, I can talk to in and everybody. I can keep everything at a good service level, maybe even like a little depth level where I get to know them. But they, I never allow the space for them to get to know me to that extent, mm. right? Like I could, like I could tell them about my relationship. Oh yeah, like me and Tristan, we did this, we did that, we did that. Like that, I can do. But again, that's not me. That's me with Tristan, not. DeMarcus, what is DeMarcus experiencing? Mm. What is he going through? Yeah. How has his mental space been? I've always found a way that it's way easier when you're in a relationship to just group the relationship together mm. to talk about it versus yeah. just you. So you said you started at 13 mm-hmm. and it was been it's been a constant battle for you. Mm-hmm. How has that impacted relationships when you got into relationships? Um, I would say that from my and from my my end, um, it's really been a detriment to connect on a deeper level. I would say, mm-hmm. um, and, and I want to try to be as specific as possible. Like when I mean a deeper level, I mean like to the extent of where. I'm willing to change that for them Mm. because I did not change it. It led to the relationship not going that well, Mm. right? Like it was always kind of like this conditional type of love. Like, Oh, if you love me, you would stop. Like there would be no reason, like you should be able to stop at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. And in my, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that shit, like that makes logical sense. Like if you love somebody, like, you wouldn't want to do anything that's going to hurt them or mm-hmm. anything that's going to bring the relationship to a standstill or, or just bring it to an end. But again, I think over the period of time, not realizing the damage that was done prior, that there was no one really to sit with me through that process. Mm. And it's not its not to them. I mean, the people that are in a relationship, it's not to them because that wasn't a trauma that they brought on to me. It's something that I did myself, right? Mm-hmm. So while I was in these relationships, I inadvertently or like wasn't trying to, but I brought a lot of hurt into those spaces. Mm. And like that saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And I feel like I brought a lot of unnecessary baggage and burden onto their lives because then now it's like, okay, he's not changing it. So then what do I need to change about my, myself mm. to try to fix that? And because now they're not being themselves and I'm not coming up as my whole self, it's like destined to not work sort of deal is like mm-hmm. how I kind of see it. So yeah, it's always been a, it has been a pain to deal with. It's almost like if I can really go back into a time machine and be like, Hey Marcus, like, look, you at 13, like 13 Mark, like, look, mm-hmm. just, <laughs> it sounds funny, but I'm like, yo, don't even turn on the TV. Like don't even, if I would have known 17 years ago how much damage that this would have done to me, would would do to me throughout this process, I'd have been like, yo, like, don't do, like, it really would have been like, yo, you can't afford to do this. Like, you don't mm-hmm. even know what your life would have been if you never went on this track. Mm-hmm. And as I say that, I am still grateful for this challenge because it obviously has gotten me to open up in ways to see the real issues that are going on instead of just kind of overstepping them. So, mm. but yeah. And so I think that by like, even when we, when we started dating mm-hmm. and even when we got married, yeah, I think like there were times where, we would have conversations and I, I don't know how you experience this too, because one of the things that oftentimes we hear a lot of males will share about pornography, like their addiction to pornography. Um, but like women never talk about theirs because right. it's like, okay, like how could you dare look at, how could you look at porn? Like you're a woman, how, how could you do that? Mm-hmm. And that was something that even throughout our, our relationship that we talked about, and I think there was a there was like an openness of us being mm-hmm. like, yo, like this is also something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was something that I struggled with for a while. And I didn't that whole like the inconsistency part and identity was when I started dating and started talking to guys, I, I knew that sexuality, like my body was something that I I used as a way, like I knew that like guys wanted me for like what I could provide Mm -hmm. physically. And so like when I would watch then was a way for me to keep up with like Mm -hmm. the expectation that I felt others had of me Mm -hmm. or the guys I was talking to had of me. Mm -hmm. And I would still leave like feeling shame because I knew like, okay, I know this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Like that shame of like, okay, God, I love you, but like I still like wanna be in my I still wanna be in my little fast tail season. Like I wanna I love you, but I'm just like, can I be in both? And it was like it didn't work. It didn't work for me. And so even when we were in our relationship, there were times where we had to keep each other accountable. Mm -hmm. I like remember multiple conversations where it was like, Okay, we can't and I know many people won't talk about this, but it was like, there were times where we were like, okay, what if we invite that? Like, what if we Into like, look, space. like, right. what if we look that. at it together mm-hmm. and see if it's something that we want to include into our, mm-hmm. 
Like maybe there's something that you like, maybe you could tell me what you like and, and then I'll tell you what I like and then we can go into all of that. But mm. it was like, that's not even, that was not realistic because mm. we were literally opening the gate for like the enemy to use the very thing that was already unholy mm-hmm. to bring it into our marriage to try to make it holy. Like that's mm. not how, that's not how it works. Like that, like that moment, the intimacy was designated for us as a married mm. couple to experience together. We didn't need to invite a third party to like be able to <laughs> to to show us the way that God has already designed. Yeah, not that third party. Yeah, not that third party. <laughs> it's like to design a therapist. Like yeah. we could go to a therapist and yeah. talk about like what is what is making it hard, mm. but in general, I think just being being honest with each other and talking through moments where you would have like urges because it didn't stop when we were married. No. And even just like, even I, I guess to like ask the question of like, what was for you, how has that journey been since getting married? Um, honestly, it's been, so in the beginning, um, I'll say that when we got married, I was expecting that feeling to like leave completely because Mm. we're married. Like Mm -hmm. I have, I have a beautiful wife and I'm very much attracted to, so I don't need anything else outside of that. And I think something that we haven't shared, but I think, you know, it's a good space to talk about is that like in the beginning of our relationship, um, we didn't wait for marriage. So there was definitely a an expectation that was set from the both of us in the beginning because we were outside of the the constructs of marriage. Right. And I mean, to the extent of like, oh, you can do this. Awesome. I expect that all the way through from now marriage until we die, mm-hmm. so to speak. And the thing that I didn't realize and what you were um talking about is that like I didn't realize for you that at that time that it was an unrealistic part of you like I didn't know at the time that that wasn't who you were Mm -hmm. right so when we talk about any of the sexual experiences that you had and what I had when we and this is and again I think this is really a testament on why you should definitely wait for marriage and really go through counseling and really go through the proper steps of knowing what your partner needs, what they want and who they actually are. Because again, how I perceived the stories that you would tell me about any of your sexual experiences, I took it as like, Oh, she's holy, but she also got that other side. Mm -hmm. Now what happens when we get married? Oh snap. It's going to be the, like, it's a great combination. Like Mm -hmm. she can do, nasty things and then she can be the wife that I always wanted and it's not to say that we can't have obviously fun in that sexual experience because the you know the bed is undefiled in marriage but because I came in with it with this ideology of something that you were not and I didn't ask enough questions or didn't spend enough time with you to find out like oh no this is not who she is and how Mm -hmm. she wants to be treated because obviously like when it comes to like pornography, the idea is that you're exploiting something sacred, 
Mm. Right. It's just exploitation of some say that's why there's so much out there, because it's something sacred and beautiful. And it's just been found a way to be able to be exploited. Mm. So now without really realizing it, I basically exploited you in our before our marriage and going into our marriage. Mm. So then that first year where obviously we were having, you know, obviously great sex, there was a part of it where it wasn't as great as it could be because again, we're still going off of the, our mask or held back identities. Mm -hmm. Now we got two years when we had two years in masks started coming off. Mm -hmm. Right. And now we're asking ourselves like, and I know I was asking myself like, what happened? Like, what do you mean your love language isn't physical touch anymore? Like it was, it, I thought it was high before, but now it's not. Mm -hmm. And Obviously, anyone who knows me, physical touch is always is like my number two or number one, I, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like once that shifted, it was like, OK, what's wrong with me? Mm. And then that what's wrong with me went to what's wrong with you. And mm -hmm. then once it went, what's wrong with you? Now it's like, OK, what's wrong with us? Mm. And then now it's almost like you get three years in and you're like, dang. Well, I mean porn is still around so i mean if i if wifey isn't feeling it today if she's not then it's like or i'll say it like this if she's not feeling it and i've had a really hard day opening up a my iphone laptop ipad whatever and be like okay let's just let's just get this out the way so when we talk about the journey of pornography in our marriage it's like in the beginning it wasn't as prevalent i felt i felt like Oh, okay, we're good. And then after a couple months, and again, life happens, finances, jobs, everything, so many things change, not to mention having a roommate in here. Um, but yeah, I would say in our later year, it has still been very difficult to manage. Hmm. So when you said that it's still been difficult to manage, like, where do you feel like you're at now with it? as I go through this self-acceptance process, I've been finding myself watching it a lot less. I think since I started basketball, um, yeah, as coaching again, it hasn't been as strong because I'm like, I'm doing something again that I love and I appreciate and it's kind of filling and it filled that void. But yeah, I think everything prior to that, it would be like maybe once every two weeks, maybe twice every, yeah, maybe, maybe twice. So it'd be like a biweekly thing. And then maybe it would be like, oh, I only did it once this month and didn't even really think about it. So like, yeah, it's, it's still been around. Hmm. Okay. Some, some you want to share or how you feeling? Yeah, no, I think there, I think the, the rawness of that is like, okay, something that is a processing that mm -hmm. I'm still like processing currently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, because I haven't shared it. Right, that is still a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think going off of our conversation prior to this is that 
you've asked me to like share the information that's hard to share and trust you with the information and being in the marriage thus far, I've definitely found it hard to trust that because when I share it, like, okay, how does she respond? How is she going to respond? Mm -hmm. Why would I add that extra on top of what she's dealing with? Now, mind you, it's not right. It's not good. I, I fully understand that like, yeah, you should share these things. I generally just find it hard mm. to actually do that in our relationship because what happens if I share it on the wrong day? Mm. Um, and I think I said it earlier. I think my biggest fear at this point or has been at this point from year one to three is the idea of losing you. Um yeah, because that leaves me at a very vulnerable space. Like the mm. idea of my wife leaving for my shortcomings. And so if I can hide most of those shortcomings, it will take away the blunt or the force of what she would do mm. if she left me. And because, and to go in even bigger scale that just hit me is that like, over the course of almost two decades, you have been the most consistent in my life. What would happen if this also became a part of the story of my inconsistency where after because of what I did, she leaves, mm. you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think, like, being able to to hear where you're at and as your partner, what does that look like for me to support you mm. and also hold space for you to share mm. and also for me to share my like my response mm -hmm. to um, what is being brought to the plate? Um, first and foremost, um, it's me trusting myself with it. I mean, it's hard to give a person support when they don't know what they need. Hmm. I genuinely know what I need for myself is to be able to say like, yes, I messed up or yeah, so on and so forth. I've messed up being okay not necessarily being okay with the mistake, like, okay, I'm going to set that, I'm just going to keep doing it. But more so like, okay, I've made the mistake. What can I do to get help? Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think if there's any way to actually support me is like obviously finding different ways of that type of support, like where I can get help. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm being totally honest with myself, I think I'm, I'm finally understanding that space of like, I'm letting go of this idea like, oh, yeah, I can stop it whenever I want. I can let go of this. So like, no, obviously it's been around for so long. And if I really wanted to stop, it would have happened already. There is a gap that I am missing within myself that I have to be honest with that either I haven't found or not aware of, or there's something about it that still keeps me like, safe yeah there's something safe about it in which 
I still feel scared to go past that unknown of like what it actually looks like. I don't know why, but I think that's where I'm currently at. Do you feel that what you need Mm. let me go back what are you feeling right now yeah before we continue I kind of like want to check in on that because I definitely saw the shift right there I feel that I feel like it's it's an area where I'm continuously trying to understand. Mm-hmm. I feel right like in offering a space to be like, "Hey, let me know." And I, I guess I also know too like you can't as much as I want to hold it, be someone that you go to for accountability of also just like encouraging you to go to like wise counsel, Mm -hmm. like men in your life that are able to talk with you about it. Like whether it's from the spiritual aspect or also just the, the friend who can be able to, that you can be able to talk to. But again, it's also the part of have you felt safe enough with the people around you to say, like to talk about the depth of what you're going through or like the depth of like your need for, for, for porn. Mm -hmm. But as a partner, I do feel like it's like there's a lot of emotions that I'm processing through as I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And those are ones that I'm still sitting with. Gotcha. Um, what's. What was the question? Sorry. What was the question? Was there a question in there? No, you asked me how I was feeling. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, I I genuinely feel as of right now, um, as hard as it is, I am definitely feeling right now like an openness of heart that's happening right now. Um, like I literally feel it like on the left side of my chest and I really feel like an opening space that's happening right now because it's like, yeah, I haven't felt safe to share it with anybody really like I said like I don't really feel safe to normally share it but I think what's making me feel safe even right now to share it is that like um one one of the reasons um I was listening to um cry I mean I was reading cry like a man by Mr. Jason Wilson I believe it was and he was going into as I was reading, he was talking about his story and his struggle with pornography. And it was very similar to mine. 
And so I look at him now and like I've seen his social media posts and what he does for like martial arts and his community and everything like that. I know that I want that for myself, but I know one of the ways that he explains it, like to get to that space, you have to be willing to let go of certain things. Mm -hmm. And so I find it no wonder that everything today has kind of come to its head of like what I really feel and everything like, and everything connects with itself all the way from moving to my kids, um, basketball training to me eating, like everything has come to this full circle of like, because you're holding back so much information about yourself, it's preventing you from giving value and therefore things to grow in your life. And that includes our marriage. That includes um, me coaching. That includes my boxing clients and students. Um, yeah, that includes everything. I didn't know that it was affecting me so much that it's not necessarily pornography that's the issue. Mm -hmm. It is the whole within myself of not. It's the whole I'm trying to fill up with. with everything else but self-love. Like I'm genuinely trying to love myself. I guess I just never knew how. Yeah. Um, I never knew the step. Like as much as I talked about being the empowerment king, coach Marcus, whatever the case may be, all of those things were to teach other people how to become better, which is obviously like them loving themselves. But I never sat down and actually say like, man, DeMarcus, how can you really love yourself? Not not from a crowd playing basketball, not from your clients telling you that you're the best coach, not from your wife even affirming you that you're a great husband. How do you say it to yourself and actually believe it? Hmm. And that's the path that I am now feeling like I am on. Like, I know you haven't watched The Matrix, but any fellas that are listening to this, if you guys have ever watched The Matrix, it's almost like when Morpheus says like to Neo that he's starting to believe. And that's the transition that I feel like I'm actually having is that I am actually willing to sit and face the things that are actually bothering me now. And I'm willing to openly share it as hard as it is. Like when I say this is gut-wrenchingly hard, um, even like looking at you right now, I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen after I put this mic down. I don't know what's going to happen after we like this podcast is done. Like, I don't I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I rather now step into that unknown space because just maybe just maybe mm. there might be the breakthrough because I know obviously what I'm doing isn't getting any breakthrough, just holding it in. Again, we could have a beautiful conversation about what happened or what we're planning on doing, your podcast, me coaching, all that. But I'm like, no, this hurts a lot. Mm. Like this part of me hurts and it needs to stop. Like it, you dig yourself in a hole long enough. Like let the first part of not digging, <laughs> digging yourself in a deeper hole is putting down the shovel. Mm. This is me right now putting down the shovel and going from a space of like, I'm going to handle it. Like, I'm going to get it to like, 
I'm just going to share and let's see what happens. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, at first I want to say thank you for sharing. Definitely. We didn't plan on having this conversation, but I think that there is, there is so much and that there is someone who is going to connect with that share, right. Of your experience. And as your wife, as your partner, I'm like, okay, they, there's a reason why they tell you not to therapeutize your partner because even in hearing this too, like you, this is the point of this space is like, it is that deep. There are things where as a clinician, like, yes, I have a clinician hat, but at the same time, I'm also human and I have experiences where it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I'm taking this in and I'm hearing you and um, as your partner, I could easily go to the space of like judgment. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, wow, you didn't tell me that. Now it's on here. And what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> there's no going back from that. Yeah. To, oh, okay. This is a space where, as your partner, I get to hear you. Mm-hmm. And I get to explore with you on this journey, too, of like, okay, so... Not take on the responsibility like I I have to change everything, mm-hmm. um, because my initial mind is gonna be, oh no, like what's going wrong, right? But it also goes to the part where it's like you are not mine to control. Mm-hmm. What you struggle with is not in my control to change. What I can do that's in my control is as your wife, I can, one, like, ask questions, see what's going on, pray, because that's always, like, my space to go to of, like, okay, God, like, I don't, I can't fix, I can't change your son. I have to be willing to hear him. Because, mm-hmm. again, what I'm also hearing is, like, I don't share this part because there is shame there. Mm-hmm. And shame is a stronghold that keeps us tethered Mm -hmm. to whatever we're struggling with, our addiction. Mm -hmm. No one goes out and says like, oh, if I know that I struggle with substance, I'm not going to always tell you that I struggle with substance. I can go and I can present like I'm doing okay, but eventually it comes out. And so I think that there's the part of, being willing to open up, um, being willing to share, being willing to be transparent, because oftentimes, like, transparency is really hard, and vulnerability in itself is really challenging, because you don't know how people are going to accept it, you don't know how we're going to accept it, and as as men, too, it's, it is really hard for you, for men, mm-hmm. to share what they struggle with, because as your partner or as women, we don't understand what goes on. We can make assumptions because mm-hmm. I can make an assumption of like what what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think we can fix things. Mm. And as your partner, I can't fix it. 
I can support you. Mm-hmm. I can be present. But I can't fix things. Yeah. No. Um, and I think deep down, you know, um, you shouldn't fix it. Um, because, like, <laughs> I think it's, like, funny. Like, I, I kind of imagine, like, God, like, obviously, like, creating us. And so, therefore, he knows the blueprint on how we all function, mm-hmm. right? So, if he gave you the blueprint and knowing how to fix me, then there would be no reason for God, right? Yeah. But, um, no, even in saying that, and I and I definitely want to say that with a, op- with a very open heart, because I know, like, when we say stuff like that, people say, oh, he's, like, over-spiritualizing it. But, no, it's, like, it does require God. It requires a, you cannot fix a old mind with old mindset mentality like it needs to be a higher source than you Mm -hmm. and i think that's also what um mr jason wilson was was talking about in the book um cry like a man um yeah it requires god to be in every facet of your life Mm -hmm. to be able to bring that out i think again me me doing these things I felt safer doing that than to actually come to light. And I know it even when Jesus even talks about those times where people would rather stay in their darkness and be comfortable. And I don't know, like when growing up, you're like, oh, that wouldn't be me. Like, I have no problem sharing my light. Um, But no, it's a real thing. Like, it really is a real thing. And so even with me sharing all this information to everyone on It's That Deep podcast and my wife currently, um... I just, I, I feel great, but also very, uncomfortable, yeah, Mm. and I believe this is the, that this is the best space to be in for me right now, Mm. is right in the middle between scared of retribution quote-unquote but also on the side of like I actually love myself enough to say hey this is something that is hurting you Mm -hmm. and being open enough to share it so that way there can be an opportunity to fix it because again Mm -hmm. you know the old saying closed mouths don't get fed if you're going to close your mouth on the issues that you're dealing with that is the number one guarantee that they're always going to stay with you, mm. period. And so I think, yeah, I'm just really happy right now. Like, I know it doesn't sound like it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm actually genuinely happy right now that I'm actually, like, saying this all mm-hmm. out loud. Um, it's definitely brought to light a lot of things for my life. So this was this was definitely good. I don't know. Are we doing a part two to this or is this or is this is this my time? What do you mean? This is your time. Why are you <laughs> yourself? Why are you I don't know because I really love this space. I'm like, yo, if you ever, if Tristan ever asked you to be on Is That Deep podcast, this is really an amazing space. Like, again, like if I could put everything else to the side, like, I don't know what this is. I, I, I genuinely don't know what's happening in this space that mm-hmm. made me feel this comfortable to share. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying this from firsthand experience. Like, this was not only needed necessary but this was like 
a real breakthrough space. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I said that that's what it's, that's what's going to ha- happen for this podcast. And now it's happening to me. Like you never <laughs> think that stuff would happen to you. Like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen for everybody. But mm. no, like this right here, like this is this isn't again, this isn't Marcus and Tristan's thing. This is what God has gifted to Tristan to bring to the world. I'm like, mm. yo, this I don't know what it is, but this is very, very powerful. And so I just want to say thank you. Hmm. Like, I really appreciate this. Not not as your husband, not hmm. even as your friend, but just as a human being, as a person, as an individual. Yeah. Thank you for this space. No, thank you. Because like I said, too, it's, I think... You guys are getting to experience this other side of my life, like my marriage. And so to also be able to say that it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I love about our relationship is that we've never we have our moments where we're like, oh, yeah, we're we're perfect. Like we know each other. We can laugh. We can we can joke and all of those things. And we can talk about God and like our relationship with God and what that's, and that's like a whole different, like a whole different journey too. But I think that there's also such a beauty about our transparency. I think that we've always been very vulnerable about what we experience in our marriage. And I think oftentimes it feels, it feels challenging. Yeah. It feels challenging to say, like, okay, you know what? I see everyone else's relationship, and I want to keep it. Um, I want to be. I want to keep everything like copacetic. Yeah. And like, okay, we can't, we can't share this. We can't share that. But I'm like, this is who we are. This mm. is who I am. This is this is what my life is about. Is that yes, I can sit in front of others and talk to them. But I'm grateful that when you sit in this space, you feel you feel safe enough to mm-hmm. go deeper than just the conversation that we have. Like in this conversation, mm-hmm. I'm, oh, wow. Okay, this is an area that we can still continue to work on. This is mm-hmm. an area that, okay, now I can say, okay, babe, is this something we need to bring up in therapy? Because right. this is something that's coming up right now. So let's go and talk about it in therapy. And that's one thing that I feel like was the best investment that we did for ourselves was to be able to invest in our own couples therapy, to be able to talk through a lot of the things that come up for us, too, or that even just in this conversation are things that we're not just sharing it on here. I mean, like, okay, yeah, this is what's going on. But this is something, too, that we're actively working. Mm -hmm. And so I think oftentimes we don't want to share the messy part. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm like, ooh, I know it was supposed to be this deep, but like, bro, you could have saved that yeah. or not talk about this <laughs> or not talk about that. Thanks. But then I feel like I would be doing a disservice to what I have committed to, mm. which is like, yes, oftentimes the story's not going to end at like, oh, wow, confetti. Yeah. It's going to be like, oh, it's messy. It's still messy. We're mm. walk, we're like, we're walking through the messy. Mm-hmm. We don't have to walk over the messy. Yeah. Um, and my natural mind wants to go, like my my flesh. Yeah. 
was like, okay, let's just hop over this. Yeah. this what are you, like, but then I would be doing exactly what, I'll be doing opposite of what this space is created for. Right. Which is like, we're going to work, we're going to walk through this. We're mm-hmm. going to talk through this. Am I going to have a reaction? Yes, because yes. I am also human. Of course. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't have it all together. And I, mm-hmm. I want to even just reiterate that to the listeners is, it doesn't have to always look perfect. Mm-hmm. We can be in the midst of the messy, mm-hmm. talk through the midst of the messy, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Mm-hmm. We're working through it, right? I think mm-hmm. there's, culture has just been so good at, oh, I just want to see the after. But no one wants to talk about, like, the really, mm-hmm. the the mist part, like, mm-hmm. what's in the midst of it. So I'm super grateful. Mm-hmm. One to be the first for you to be the first male. I mean, it just didn't make any other yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I was about to say I better be <laughs> <laughs> to be the first male, um, and also just share such an intimate part about our life and just where we're at right now. Because mm-hmm. that was where we started. We're like, where are we at right now in our marriage? And so, though there's beautiful parts of it, there's also. We're also having our and moment. Like there's yeah. beauty and, and there's also the messy part. Mm-hmm. And so thank you yeah. for sharing the messy part. Thank you. Can I share something with the mm-hmm. fellas? Because I'm I'm sure there's one or two probably listening right now. You know what I, I'm saying? They probably need it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you for a, a Marcus for Nugget. But a Marcus Nugget. Oh, yeah. Man. To the what, what, I, And what you've shared, how would you encourage men who are who have a really challenging time sharing what's going on because you they just don't know how it's going to be received yeah um so i don't i don't know if i have a nugget um but i i do have definitely my own personal experience like and i'm speaking specifically for the fellas and ladies please feel free to listen if uh, your man needs this bill feel free to show them this part of the podcast but um um it's not it's not your fault um and, and I say that with with an open heart right a lot of the things that have happened to us as men we've had no control over right um and with not having control over it it does not mean that you are bad it doesn't mean that you are anything like your father or the men before you it does not mean that at all you have a very unique opportunity right here and now in fact to be able to address some of the things that have either hurt you or have put you on this path that you don't even understand how you even got here um and one thing i would encourage is like really ask yourself the question like where am i at what is my purpose and what do i need to either improve yeah, like what do I need to improve? In my experience, whenever I've asked myself, what do I need to improve on? It normally backtracks me to something that I have not let go of in my past. Mm. Um, being willing to ask yourself the question will always bring you to a space of what it is. And like in my experience, God has definitely always brought it to the forefront. I just never really wanted to address it. I've asked God plenty of times, like, okay, why do I do this? Why do I do that? Why do I do this? And when it's presented to me, either I wasn't ready, two, I didn't understand, or 
three, I blame. We just didn't want to do it. Hmm. My, my encouragement is to really lean into that. And to lean in means to allow everything that is currently happening in your life to happen. Um, what I was sharing with wifey today um, has really come to its head because of everything that happened obviously from years, but I would say this last two days, I've looked at my life and it's all got to the point where I cannot, I could not hold this type of information from my wife, from anybody else, including all y'all listening. I couldn't hold it back. Um, I'm sure there'll be another time where I could share everything that happened today, but I want to make sure I keep it short and sweet. You have a unique opportunity right here at this moment to ask yourself that question and whatever comes up and whatever you see within your life, be willing and open to hear, listen and go with it. Um, it takes a mind outside of you to change the old you. You can't change the old mindset with old habits. It mm. just doesn't work. Um, be willing and open to something new and something fresh. Um, I'm always going to say God is the, is the compass in that. The Holy Spirit is definitely the compass in that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's all I have on my heart to share. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to do another one. Soon. A check up, yeah, no, definitely uh, a follow update. up, yeah, update and follow, <laughs> a follow up. Because I don't know what it is, but I feel like today is a big shift change. October eighth, my sister's birthday. Yes, it is. Happy mm -hmm. birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to to baby K Ladybug. To... <laughs> Why? That's her. Baby K Ladybug. Yeah. Ladybug I mean, we all know baby. she's Ladybug, yeah, but we call her baby K. Baby K. Okay. Yeah. We said happy birthday, yeah. sis. Mm -hmm. Um, but. Yeah, no, I think that's like a good, a good resting, a good resting place um, to end today. And then we're going to have to come back again and share other part of our conversations. Yeah. Um, but I just want to thank everyone for tuning in today. And um, thank you so much, Marcus Husband, um, for being <laughs> on today. I truly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, and for those who are listening, if this is your first time, thank you again. And also, I just want you all to know, this is not therapy. Mm. What we talked about right now, this is not therapy. No, but if you are, if you or someone you love is seeking to dive in deeper about what's going on for them and what they need support in, please, please, please find a therapist. Get I one. <laughs> get a therapist too. And so, and also knowing that the journey of healing is a messy one. Like we just shared today too, the journey of healing looks messy, can get really messy, but just the willingness to dive in and ask the really hard question. We can't heal until we ask really hard questions. So I just encourage you if you're seeking a therapist, Yes, I will also post some links under this episode of ways that you can find uh, clinicians in your area. But I love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
and I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if this episode was helpful, insightful to you, please like, share, and follow. I'll see you next week.